1: Luna Lover the podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging.
0: Oh, oh, oh.
1: To Luna Love of the podcast, I'm your host Jordana Levine. Today is a special interview episode with my dear friend Emmy Ray. We're talking all about human design. I've had many listeners ask me to do an episode on human design, and to be honest, I've avoided it a little bit simply because it is such a convoluted and intricate modality. And I was like, how the hell are we going to talk about it in one (laughs) podcast episode? But the beauty of Emmy Ray, if you've ever seen her work or worked with her in any capacity, is the simplicity she brings to human design. Um, so, we have a very generalized chat about human design. If it piques your interest and you're a newbie to the modality, please dive deeper into it. If you are quite well versed in human design, I think you'll still really enjoy this chat. We talk about the energy types and we also talk about the correlation between human design and astrology uh, from a very amateur perspective in that there is no direct link, right? So we sort of talk about how we personally feel they're connected and in what ways and in what ways we feel seen in both modalities, astrology and human design. If you are new to human design, it would be very helpful for this discussion to make sense to download your human design chart. It's called a body graph or graph, depending on how you say the word. The best way to get the body graph is, um, well, you can just Google what's my human design chart, but I use Jovian Archive. So if you go to jovianarchive.com. You'll have to enter all of your birth details. So it's the same as astrology, birth date, birth time, birth location. It will bring up your birth chart. Now, the things that we discuss in this episode that will be helpful for you to know is your energy type. So you're either going to be a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, a manifester or a reflector. The five energy types. We also discuss profiles very briefly. They are the numbers, so you'll have two numbers with a a forward slash in between them. That will be your profile. And then um, a topic we discuss at the end of the episode that I find absolutely fascinating is the difference between emotional and open emotionals. Now, to figure out whether you are an emotional or an open emotional, all you need to do is look for the word emotional on your chart. If it doesn't say emotional, then you are a non-emotional or an open emotional. If it says emotional, then you are an emotional. Yeah. And we're going to talk about what that means in this episode. I'm going to leave it there. Um, I loved having this discussion with Emmy. We could have spoken all day. This was actually our third attempt at recording it. We tried to record it yesterday and me or my, if I didn't know anything about astrology, I could have sworn Mercury was in retrograde, but obviously still the shadow period. It was just not working. But in the end, I'm so thankful because today's discussion was incredible. I've recorded it the morning that this episode is airing uh, because I just wanted to get it out there and into your ears. Before we jump in, though, just one little um, admin update. I have cut down the readings for February. I've got a bit of family stuff going on. So I think there's only three or four readings left for the month of February. Um, If you're keen to get your natal chart read, definitely jump on those. If not, definitely book yourself in for March. Places are filling up fast. Yeah, and March will be here before you know it. Um, to book in a reading all you need to do is click the link in the show notes of this episode or head to jordanalevine.com forward slash readings if you enjoyed this episode i would love you to share it on your socials you can tag me at jordanalevine and tag emmy ray at the daily rest Ray, welcome to Luna of the podcast for the second time. Um, I've got you on today talking about human design. We spoke about rest last time you were on, which felt like a lifetime ago. I don't even remember when that was. Do you remember?
2: Was it 2020?
1: I think it could have even been <laughs> before that, 2019. Oh my
2: yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like a lifetime ago. It does.
1: It was. The good thing is that you have stayed true to every word in that episode about rest that is your life now um for people that don't know Emmy she runs uh the Daily Rest Studio what what is the Daily Rest Studio can you tell us a little bit about it
2: yeah the Daily Rest Studio it's i suppose it is like an online yoga space we have a combination of you know live classes about once a week and then a whole library of my cat just heard your voice she came to say oh, hi to you
1: yay. hi mumu
2: she loves you hi um,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah and so we have a class uh, a class library as well as the live classes that are all really centered around this idea of restful yogic practices so that comes in a lot of different forms um and, yeah, it's just a space to dip into for, for almost adding rest into your everyday life, I guess, which sounds very basic and cliche, but it's hard to do 90 minutes of a yin or restorative class. Um, So the idea here is that you can do maybe 5 or 10 or 20 minutes most days and then start to feel a little bit more like you can make space
1: for those restful things, yeah. Absolutely. I became a member of the Daily Rest Studio few months ago now, I want to say six months ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, And I have to say, like, at first, I also before I joined, I thought, is this the right investment for me? Surely I can just rest when I want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, turns out you can't. And <laughs> you have to schedule it in. And it was the best investment I've made because I do take the time I'd like to say daily, but it's not but several times a week. To actually schedule in those rest times and also not having to sort of like get changed, hop in the car, drive to the studio, do a yin class, then deal with the traffic on the way home. You know, like just to be able to do it all in the comfort of your home and actually really retain that restful state.
2: Yes, that's what I think is a big thing too and um it, it's like A it's hard to find classes sometimes and B by the time you pack up your stuff you chat to people which is you know also lovely but yeah like drive home it's kind of like a distant memory. Yeah. And I also feel sometimes it's nice we always say like I'll rest even for me it sounds terrible I do the classes because I'm like I don't want to think I just want someone unfortunately it's me myself to tell me what to do because sometimes when you it just makes it so much easier to have that thing you can press play I think
1: yeah about the same time as we are going to talk about human design sorry everyone I just can't stop talking about rest with you um but the same time I signed up to the daily rest studio I actually made a specific calendar in my google calendar that I made blue um, and I block out the blue times in my day and usually it's between clients because sometimes yes. with space between clients I'm like oh I'll just keep working because then that's a full work day but instead what I do now is I go and do a restorative class yeah yeah which is I do great. the
2: same thing yeah it makes such a big difference it does um, yeah
1: mm. um all right let's get back on track First thing I like to ask people uh, when they join me for an interview episode of Luna Lover is um, their sun, moon and rising sign. Yes, I am a Pisces
2: sun, a Sagittarius moon and a Taurus rising.
1: It's funny, actually, I'm just going to um, reveal that. I mean, I've recorded this part of the podcast <laughs> three times already, this is our third. Time recording it. Uh, We had some tech issues yesterday, but I'm going to say what I said to you yesterday, which was you are such a Pisces sun. Like I see your Pisces sun. And also, when I learned, I did a natal chart reading for Emmy. When I learned she was a Taurus rising, it made so much sense to me the sensuality, the aesthetics, the really grounded energy that you have, and simplicity as well to the work that you do. but I was surprised by the sagi Moon. Do you connect with your Saji Moon? You know what? I really, really do because, as we said yesterday,
2: um, what has happened a lot in my life is that people um, have this, I guess, image of all those parts of me, which are very true, the simple and the aesthetics and the soft and the gentle or the creative, But then I do have, I would have an instance that happened so many times in my life where I would swear and people would be like, (laughs) don't swear in front of Emmy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I was always like, like, yeah. So, and when I found out about that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense that that's my experience of my inner world but no one really tends to see that
1: side of me absolutely and also I think a big part of Sagittarius and also for people listening oh hang on no that's the wrong chart I was, gonna, I was about to read a <laughs> chart out oh no this is this is true for people listening at home you have quite a few placements in the ninth house which is the Saggy house And Mm. I sort of, you know, you have, from what I can tell, you have such a fascination with different cultures and you've got this real sort of like explorative experiential learner sort of like part to your personality too, which goes back to like the yogic philosophies, you know, go diving deep into all of those yogic teachings. It's a big part of who you are. And that's all Saji Moon-based.
2: Yes. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me, you know, like that was always such a huge part of who I am. Um, So it's nice to see that reflected because it makes the whole chart then feel more like you, Yeah, you know, more. Yeah. I love
1: it. And you feel, I don't want to speak for you, but a lot of people (laughs) feel really seen and recognized in those moments because there's parts of ourselves that we don't really consider beyond our personality, I guess, sometimes, and when they're actually reflective, we've both got our kittens just like all over us at the moment. Um, they're like playing with each other. Um, when, when it's reflective in the deeper parts of your chart, it really allows you to be seen in your fullness, like to your full capacity.
2: Yes, exactly. Which I think we so many of us crave that, right? Like Why? just that full expression of who you are. Oh, there's, yeah, it's very, it's so
1: powerful. It's so powerful, which leads me to our discussion today because, yes, I had known my natal chart for a really long time. It was probably 2018 that I kind of first got curious about human design. And I'll tell you, it's funny, Emmy. I, first time I found out my human design type, I was with a friend and she's like, find out what you are, find out what you are. And I just sat down to write, make it happen. So I was like big into manifestation mm. at the time. And when I found out I wasn't a manifestor, not really understanding what that meant at the time, I was gutted. I was like, this is wrong. I don't believe this stuff. What is a projector? No way. You know, like was off it. And then as I started to discover the different energy types and what it actually meant, I've never felt more seen. Um It's a different kind of scene to astrology, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But for everybody who perhaps knows a little bit about human design or is absolutely new to the modality and the concept of it, how would you describe human design to people?
2: Yeah, in, in that case where people are really new, I often describe it um, as as almost a mixture between astrology. And really, when I talk about astrology, I'm talking about the fact that you take your time, your date and your place of birth, and you enter that into a you know system and it spits out a chart that makes absolutely no sense that <laughs> no. in that way, it's kind of similar. And then um, it almost has this element of, of like, uh, what's it called again? Myers-Briggs. The yes. personality types, how you best use your energy, and and this, I think, because Myers-Briggs saying this with no corporate experience, I think it's maybe more accepted in the corporate world yeah. potentially for how people best work together. And I think Human Design gives us that, like, how is your energy going to benefit you, and also, you know, everyone else that you're um, coming into contact with.
1: Yeah, what's so interesting though is that. say something like Myers-Briggs or even like your astrology chart, your natal chart, there's so many variables to it, right? Like Myers-Briggs, I think there's 16 personality types. Within human design, we've got the five energy types. Now, I know it goes so much deeper than that. We're looking at like our profiles and then there's the different gates and like all that stuff that I'm just like, no, it's too much for me. (laughs) Um, But if we were to really simplify it into those five energy types, how would you describe them?
2: Yeah. And I just, on your point about that, I, my way of working with human design is so, and maybe that, maybe that's the Taurus rising. I don't know. It's so (laughs) much about the basics. It's like, let's actually understand the basics and play with them and experiment with them. And then it's almost like, sure, you can dive, like human design is like probably any modality it's so deep and there's so much and it gets really out there and very jargon heavy but when you just learn to kind of start to live as a projector as a generator it's almost like you don't you don't need to know the other stuff if you have interest and curiosity cool but it's not it's like learn to live as a projector and and everything kind of falls into place and so um To give kind of a a brief overview, I guess, of the types is the main uh, types on the planet right now are generators and manifesting generators. And some people would say that they're both really the same type. They're both under the umbrella of generators, uh, which is fine. But I feel like there's energetically quite a big difference between those two as much as there is a similarity as well. If you know generators and MGs, they feel very different to me same yeah and so set about let's say 70% just less than 70% of the population fit into either being a generator or a manifesting generator and the bottom line with this, with these types is that very cliche idea of kind of do what you love follow what lights you up follow what gives you energy and that's always going to take you in the right direction and a way that we in our world tend to translate that as Um, is if I do work that I love then I'll never work a day in my life but remembering that for generators and manifesting generators it's not just about okay I'm doing the work that I love it's I'm doing it in the way that I love to do it you know I have so it's not just this very you know um, black and white thing of oh but I love my work so I can dedicate all day every day to it. It's like this this your your whole lifestyle almost from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed as a G or an mg you're responding to the world around you and the human design idea or understanding is the more that you can move in the direction of what gives you energy, of what you're pulled toward, of what energizes you, the more you're actually going to be building and creating energy in your system that fuels you and also that fuels the planet, right? And um, of course, there are always times and moments in our lives we have to do things that are not that fun, like whatever, accounting, dentist, Whatever the thing is, car registration. But the idea is like overall, um, the you know, a generator, if they love taking a yoga class, that yoga class can energize them and actually give them more energy than moments before they'd done it when they might have been feeling so tired and so just like heavy right right and so that's very interesting right
1: (laughs) well it is it is and we'll talk about projectors in a minute but like listening Mm. to that as a projector yeah maybe people are going yeah but who isn't going to walk out of yoga if they really enjoy yoga and be like oh that was great well me like I love yoga but if I walk into yoga depleted it's not going to give me energy it's going to drain me completely
2: Yes. And that is just, that's so important. And the reason why I say that and mention that for Gs and Mgs is because we, I'm a generator myself. So because we make up the bulk of the population, that becomes the standard for good or right. Right. You know, exactly that thing of like, of course, like you're feeling heavy, you're feeling stagnant, tight go exercise, yeah, you know, and and you love. <laughs> exactly. And for yeah. a projector or a manifestor or a reflector, it's like, that's going to make you more tired, more like yeah. that's not going to put the energy back in your tank. Um, so it's, it's nice to know that a lot of these cliches, even like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, do what lights you up. It, these are for G's and M's you know, and it's not that a projector shouldn't do things they enjoy, but then if we go on to what is a projector, it's so interesting. Like projectors often have that feeling when they find out like you, what, I mean, a lot of people, we want to be manifestors, I feel. And then all the manifestors I know in my life, which is a ridiculously high amount would all rather be anything, but a man- manifestor. Right. right.
1: <laughs> yeah it's funny though like I find and I'm sure you find this too like when people find out they're a generator especially a generator they're disappointed because they're like oh yeah that's so boring (laughs) and I was like oh my god I give my arm and my leg to be a generator (laughs) (laughs)
2: that was my response too I was like when I found out about human design the whole thing and when I saw I was a generator I was like I'm out this is I'm not interested honestly you couldn't you couldn't like give me anything less interesting than this Um, But anyway, we come to a projector and projectors are said to be the newest type on the planet. It's about, you know, roughly, let's say 20% of the population and projectors are sometimes... projectors are what are what call is what called a non-energy being right <laughs> yeah. which sounds terrible um but but basically what it means is that your um your energy is has highly concentrated so a projector has the ability to be extremely efficient to work in in a really you know for For a projector, an hour's worth of really focused work could equal about three hours of work for a generator or an MG. Um, Projectors are also able to see things in a way that uh, the rest of us can't see. To have a level of, you might see it as empathy, you might see it as being able to um, see patterns and systems. It can be very, very different for every projector, but it's almost like projectors are here to kind of have this bird's eye view, you know, to, to see the bigger picture. Um, and, and when we come to something like energy, uh, sometimes projectors will find out, will see something that says, you know, you're meant to work three hours a day or a couple of hours a day. It's like, well, how,
1: well, how am I meant to do that?
2: Like, You know, but they think, the biggest thing with that is, and it's the same with Ajir and MG and they see like, you're meant to have a life that feels like I get to do this. And they're like, well, great. I hate my job. So now what do I do? Yeah. So instead of being like, you know, I have to overhaul my whole life. What I think is really beautiful about human design is when you're a projector, the learning is like, I, I need as a projector, you need to spend time in your own energy, doing things that restore and replenish your energy so your energy isn't replenished and restored by doing things you love doing things you love is important and then on top of that you need to recover from them and rest and take your own time and take your own space and so it's like as a projector the starting point is just like where can I add a little bit more of that in or simply give myself permission to be okay to be like you know what guys I'm not coming out tonight or I'm not going to go to the crazy, uh, yoga class that I sometimes that I adore, but I know I actually don't have the energy for today. I'm going to read a book in bed instead. Um, that's really, I think just so key with projectors to almost be like, it's interesting too, because projectors are according to human design here to actually have a really big amount of success, whatever success means to you or for you. But the, the catch is the way that you move toward that success is not by working really, really hard. It's not by hustling. It's not by, you know, stacking your day. And um, yeah, it can be an it's a very different way of existing in the world than what we've been told.
1: Absolutely. I think what I've struggled with a lot as a projector, and I know a lot of my projector friends have as well, is the comparison to energy expenditure, especially when it comes to work in comparison to our generator and managing friends, um, because it feels like we're not keeping up or we're not doing enough or we're not busy enough, or why can't I put more into it? I know like yesterday, <laughs> we tried to record a podcast episode. It didn't work. I had a few other things scheduled in, but I basically had nothing left for the rest of the day. I was exhausted. I'd only done a couple of hours in the morning, concentrated work. Um, but still like, even though I've been working with this energy type consciously for a while now, I still feel guilt. I still feel like I could have done more and why didn't I try hard enough? And, you know, it's a, it's a deconditioning to a world that we have been a part of, you know, as long as we've existed, that is, that is set up for generators, right? Yes. Yes
2: exactly yeah. and it's set up for generators in a way that are doing things that they enjoy doing mm. like we see that as the pinnacle and 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 I would say I would argue that the majority of generators and MGs are not actually living their design or living their type but they can still kind of keep going <laughs> they still have that kind of staying power and a projector will burn out really quickly and it's just like why me or I'm not good enough or why am I lazy or this kind of thing um and so that's why I think human design is just so beautiful because it's like how is a projector ever supposed to trust the way that you work in in
1: a world like this without that Yeah. yeah yeah and I think this is why like um (laughs) This sounds so lame, but I think this is why a lot of the Instagram accounts around human design and especially there's a lot of projector focused ones have been so helpful for me because it's this like daily reminder that you're different and it doesn't mean you're less successful. If anything, you will feel success more if you can lean into what your energy is asking of you.
2: Yes, definitely. And that's what I think is so you know, social media has its dark side and its light side, but that's what I think is so beautiful about it because it's like, ah, this, like, again, those just, because we get daily reminders from every, from just every angle about the opposite. Yeah. You know, so just to to put, if you're a projector out there, it's such a good idea to put that in your subconscious, like follow some accounts that just remind you it's okay. Like, this is actually so... Correct and healthy um, yeah. for you because it is. It's so different. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, let's move on to manifestors. Yes,
2: yeah, so manifestors are about nine percent of the population, and they also, um, you know, they're they're also this type that isn't designed to go all day every day. And again, if you're a G or MG out there uh, you're not necessarily meant to go all day, every day. It's very nuanced, but manifestors also don't get energy necessarily from doing the things they love. They also need that time to put the fuel back in the tank through. Usually for manifestors, actually the energy tends to be very erratic. So maybe they work extremely hard for like a week or everyone tends to have their own patterning like a week or a couple months or have a period of just like being in that, um, really really yang kind of energy and then basically be horizontal for right. a few days or a week manifestors tend to have more of that um and manifestors again have that kind of guilt or, or shame feeling come up because they have the ability to go really hard for maybe extended periods of time and then they're like why can't i maintain that you know, because we also exist in a world that um, praises us when we're able to keep going. Projectors have this too. We, you know, we said this before. The efficiency means you get praised for being efficient. You get more work, then you burn out, and you're, you know, it's just this right. cycle.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: And so manifestors have a similar kind of thing going on, but the the big difference with manifestors is is that they're really here to create some kind of impact. And, and often in like pop human design, manifestors are painted as very big and very loud and very um, kind of intense personalities. And while projectors can be like that, man, anyone can be like that, it does mean that often a manifestor is doing something in a new or a different way. And in order to feel good in their energy, they do need to have some kind of freedom. So it might be that they need to be um, a manager or in charge in some way or to be self-employed. I mean, it really depends on the person. But even if you're a barista at a coffee shop after school, a manifest is going to thrive if the owner or the manager of that coffee shop is like, I trust you to make the coffee in your way. I trust you to have your own cleaning systems, you know, this kind of thing. So um, as a manifester, it's important to really feel um, you are not being restrained by someone because there tends to sometimes be this subconscious um, kind of restraining of manifestors by the rest of us, because when, yeah, it's really interesting because almost their their way of moving through the world can almost be a little bit frightening to us, and so in, in wanting to almost keep our our lives and the, and ourselves safe, it's almost like we want to we want to kind of hold them back. Um, so it's, it's really really interesting uh, being a manifestor. I think it's one that's misunderstood. Many many manifestors come to me and they say, "I don't know if I'm living my human design because I don't resonate with being this like boss babe or being this kind of dictator <laughs> energy." And it's more about just in the way that you move through the world or live your life, you're creating this impact and you're often the the way I think of it is the manifesto often has to take the first step. And that can be very, very terrifying because mm-hmm. the fear is like, what if no one picks up what I put down? What if I step out here and there's and no one comes with me? But yes. it's like trusting yourself to, you know, to be that person who says the thing that no one wants to say or, you know, does something really differently to the rest of us um and then if we go to reflectors reflectors are a very rare type 1% of the population
1: i met one for the very first you time the day. actually i didn't meet her she was a client of mine mm-hmm. so we met on zoom i did a natal chart reading for her and i just kept saying to her i don't know how it came up she told me like in the first 5 minutes she was a reflector and i was just like i've never I've never met a reflector. I was fascinated (laughs) by her, but tell us, tell us about them.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So reflectors are, if you look at a human design chart, um, you'll, you'll see there's all these shapes on it. These are energy centers. They're, they're loosely related to the chakra system but kind of more an upgraded version. Uh, And a reflector is determined by the fact that they have all of those energy centers undefined or open. And so reflectors are said to be lunar beings. All the rest of us are solar beings. Um, So a lunar being, again, you can go so deeply into into either of these descriptions, but as a lunar being, it's almost like they really experience the world um, kind of through the moon cycle in a way. And mm. in my head, as this Pisces who loves all these things, I'm like, oh, they must be so connected to the moon and the this. And it's like, I mean, some reflectors are interested in the moon. So yeah, they're connected to it, but it's not a conscious thing. It's just like reflectors might, in, let's say in terms of making a decision, do I want to move house or how does this relationship feel to me or whatever? It's almost like a reflector will, will get a better understanding of how they feel Feel about that situation or opportunity after sitting with it for about a month
1: I was gonna say it must be Mm. like you know we're either solarized or lunarized and you know a lunarization is the introspection the intuition the feeling into it where solarization is all about vitality and life force and feeling lit up and energized but reflector does not have that right so where do they get their energy from
2: yes so with reflectors it's really interesting you would see all those open centers and those of us with a lot of open centers were like we need a lot of time alone you know we need time alone to discharge that energy so you think reflectors how do they even exist in the world and yeah sure it is a different way of existing but reflectors do reflectors have to almost be become curators of their life and you could argue that all of us um should really lean into this. But for a reflector, when they choose the right friends, partner, environments, right? Then that those relationships and places and environments really color and flavor their whole experience of life. And so they get energy by being in the right groups with the right people, in the right communities, in the right spaces, physical spaces. And so it really is this dance between finding the the, it's almost like the the people that you want to be like them or experience life how they're experiencing life the more a reflector can kind of be in those environments with those people while balancing that with time out to be in their own energy that's how they get energized but it can be really interesting for a reflector sometimes coming back into their own energy because it can feel so quiet it can feel so yeah
1: yeah are they also sometimes a bit like what is my energy and what is their energy? Like how do they determine between the two?
2: Yeah, it can be, it's so interesting. It's like some reflectors are so actually very resilient, actually very resilient to other people's energy and more sometimes impacted by like the cosmic energy and the cosmic weather. Whereas definitely some reflectors I've worked with, there is the boundaries are so thin between yeah what's my energy what's their energy um and so it it really does I mean from the human design perspective it really does come down to being so honest about who you're spending time with because they will become part of your experience like uh, that that's just the reality of it so
1: it's, it's really really interesting um yeah Can we, just before we move off the energy types, can we Mm. just um, go back to generators and manifesting generators? What is the distinction between the two? Like what what separates them?
2: Yes, I was just thinking about that. Um, so with a, um, so generators and manifesting generators, pure generators are, um, you know and again like energetically when we think of the difference pure generators are tend to be ones who are moving in a bit more of a linear pattern it Mm. might be very slow we sometimes generators think so we think we feel like we're so slow because it really is this you know, one step after the other, but it is a little bit more building, building, building toward your, like your genius, I guess we would say, and just continues to grow. And then with a the manifesting generator, many gens tend to be a little bit more chaotic. Their energy wow. is like a little <laughs> bit more like, you know, they, I feel like energetically, there's a big difference between the two and just how, and how the energy feels. So for an MG, it's really about, um, MGs move quick, and they move quick, and then they realize oh, I missed something, I screwed something up, and it's actually important for them to be like, I got to go back and fix that. Yeah. I got to pay attention to this. And so sometimes MGs can feel shame or guilt for being maybe flaky or for not sticking with things or for giving yeah. things up too quickly. Um, and it's really, it's really that again, a, this dance with MGs. It's like, you know, there are instances in life where we do want to see things through. But for an MG, it's like, do you really want to see that thing through or did you commit to that thing from a place of wanting to prove something or I think I should do this? I have to do that. And is it actually about getting over the ego and and just letting it and letting it go um, and and going on to the next thing?
1: Mm. I hear about that guilt a lot from MGs. I have quite a few manifesting generator friends. I've got to say like, with generators and manifesting generators, I, as a projector, I feel my energy is a lot more preserved around the MG than the G. Is there, mm. f- first part of the question, is there anything to that? Why is that?
2: I, it might just be your connection with those people or it could people. be something else. It could be, but they have a similar profile to you. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's yeah. it.
1: Mm. the next thing I wanted to say is a lot of my MG friends do have that guilt about changing their minds at the last minute sort of like about to head out the door to meet someone and then they're like you know what I actually don't want to do this anymore (laughs) and then can't cancel what is that what is that about like what is happening when there's that change
2: yeah it's almost like uh it's almost like MGs have this moment of truth and it can be sometimes frustrating to live with an MG for many years. And I mean, I grew up in a family of MGs and it's kind of that feeling where you're like, let's go grab a coffee. And they're like, yeah, love to, you know, get up or whatever, and then put on their jacket or grab their wallet or phone. And then it's like, I really don't want to do that. And then the other person's (laughs) like, Oh, you know, it's a little bit, and and then they feel bad or this kind of thing. So, so, For MGs, really the kind of best practice, because so much about human design is how do we make like aligned decisions or the right decisions, you know, and so much for MGs is can you wait for that? Can you almost make a physical movement towards something? and then see what your response is. Right. And again, when you're saying yes to something in advance, uh, it it's sometimes difficult, you know, like there is that murky uh, space, but when it is... Um, yeah, when, when you have the option to, if you're you're like, oh, I'm so excited about this. It's like, just wait, read a little bit more, lean into a little bit more, start getting ready to go. Do you still have the energy? Does it still feel like a yes? And then you have a more kind of clear understanding of where you're at. It's like, wait for that. Take that lean in and wait for that moment of truth.
1: Wow. And I guess the more you tune into it, the more you recognize how you respond to things, you'll know how, you'll know when you've waited to the point that you need to wait, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's fascinating. So one of the biggest questions I get asked and don't have the answer to, so I thought we could riff about it on here, is how do astrology and human design relate, align, differ, all those things? Off the top of my head, from what I understand about myself through both systems, is I feel like Astrology helps me understand myself on a psychological level um, and a little bit of the sort of neuroses and even patterns (laughs) in my life um, that are innately there from birth. And I feel quite seen in that. Whereas human design has really taught me how to energetically respond to things, um, fill up my tank and, 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 um energize myself yeah yeah how do you feel about that I
2: love that so much and and, you know when you do look deeply into the human design chart you can see there is the presence of astrology the planets and things like that but trying to understand that is is mean that's a whole that that's, you know, that could come years into playing with human design and it's, it's quite a complex area. And so I really love to approach it from this angle where, where I agree with you completely. It's like human design is, is I almost feel like it gives you these very practical tools to experiment with in relationship to how do you use your energy and how are the people you spend your time with, your family, your closest friends, your coworkers, your partner, wired very differently? That was a really big piece for me. Like, of course, at first, when I learned about um, being a generator and responding instead of initiating, I mean, at first I hated that idea, but then when I played with it, I was like, wow, so much kind of shifted. It felt so much more ease. But then to understand how other people that I was very close with were so different just I just helped so much like fostered so much more acceptance of myself being a different mm. way
1: and of them being very very different um yeah. which I I love that too and I think look I think to some capacity we can do that with astrology as well right you understand how people communicate through their Mercury, we understand the way that people are in relationships through what's happening in the seventh house. I mean, there's lots of different ways to, yes, have your own self-awareness, but also help you navigate those strong connections in your life. In terms of the planets, I mean, they're obviously playing into human design in some respect. Is it through the like the gates? Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. it's through the gates. Yeah. It's through the gates. Interesting, because, you know, I've thought... As- the people that do tell me their human design type when i do a natal chart reading i do try and find correlations especially with projectors just cuz i know them so well and i can't ever find anything so i'm feeling like maybe the energy type itself it can't be purely based on the no. planets at the time of your birth right it's just yeah
2: i mean like it's that that part i've i've sat with that too and with other people who are really into astrology and we try and talk about like, you know, how can you connect like a Pisces Sun and whatever yeah. to being a generate? And that, you know, it feels like that's just a very separate. That's just a very separate part of it,
1: right? Because yeah. you would think like reflectors, especially, they just have to have a completely Piscean chart, like they're just all right, Pisces, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's not the case a lot yeah. of the time.
2: Aries and Virgo, so it's yeah. yeah.
1: It's yeah. so interesting. Um, I we were talking about this yesterday when we had our first chat. But <laughs> if you look at my natal chart, um, I'm very Gemini dominant. I've got a Virgo moon. Um, I'm I'm ruled by Mercury, very Mercurian, not very projectory, right? I mean, maybe in terms of I'm a self-projected projector, so I do like the sound of my own voice and talking things out. So that's the Gemini side of me. Yeah. But <laughs> other than that, like, um. I do come across, if you were to not know me and just look at my chart as someone who'd be quite extroverted, very social, um, you know, wanting to be amongst it, investigating, getting curious about everything, just being like out there in the world, very yang. And I'm not, I'm so yin.
2: (laughs) And I love (laughs) this. No, I love this because it's like with the energy type, it's like, I often say, um, you know, you could be in a room of 20 projectors and unless you talk really specifically about how going to a yoga class you love depletes you unless you talk specifically Mm -hmm. about that you might not find any resonance with the other projectors on that personality kind of level and that's what I love to people I get asked all the time oh you're definitely a projector you must be a projector because maybe I come across more soft or maybe the whole rest thing is is why people think I'm a projector and it's like energy type isn't really in the in terms of the human design energy type or aura type doesn't always really shine through in the personality so much. No, yeah. no, of
1: course. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It's funny um, with the, and this is maybe getting a little bit convoluted for people who aren't familiar with human design, but with the profiles, so the numbers, mm. I'm a five one. Oh, you're also a five one. Oh, this yeah. is just going to dispel my theory completely. I was about <laughs> to say, because isn't five, isn't five about being like the investigator is five. Oh, that's the one one's investigator. And I was like, Oh, um, that's a Gemini thing. Like wanting to investigate, wanting to get very curious, but you ain't got no Gemini in your chart. So that is completely Mm -hmm. off. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) there goes my theory on that, but we are both so five ones, right? Yeah.
2: Yes. And so you can see the similar, that's what, that's what you can almost see more of the similarity in the profile and you could almost from a distance think, Oh, there's, those two could be the same type in a way, you know, you could, you could think that perhaps from a distance. Yeah. Um, Whereas energetically we couldn't be any more, we couldn't operate any more differently. Differently. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think also like if I look at compatibility in terms of friendship, even relationships, the energy type for me, not so much. I mean, in terms of dating, I did date a manifesto for a little while and I found actually found it really tricky as a projector. It just did not work. Um, but the profiles, I find if the profiles match a little, well, when I say match, like are just a little bit more aligned. Um, I've dated mm. quite a few 5-1 profiles before and I find it a lot more easeful. There's more of an understanding. As long as we can understand each other's energy, the personality understanding kind of aligns a little bit more. Have you found that? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And, and it's like anything, it's like in astrology, people like, well, it's the best couple match. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) you know, like the person who is good to you, you know what I mean? Right. um, (laughs) But if we wanted to go down that path, you would look at profile. That's where we'd look at like, okay, they both have a one or they both have a five or whatever the thing is and there's it's just one area where there's resonance of course there's many couples with totally opposite profiles that have a great relationship but there can be that yeah there can be that kind of just layer of understanding or resonance or connection when there's a crossover there
1: Mm. yeah and it's like sort of what we spoke about right at the beginning of this episode the the compatibility comes from being able to understand yeah. how your partner functions and yeah. either compromise for it or cater towards it or just have an under deeper understanding of it so you can support them better
2: yeah just have an acceptance of like that's how you are and who you are and that's okay like holding that you know
1: mm. yeah yeah I often back to Instagram I often read the like how to support your projector partner or like <laughs> how to make a projector feel special and I read it and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> that would make me feel so seen
2: <laughs> but isn't <laughs> that beautiful you know isn't that so beautiful yeah. I often do that too with my manifesto boyfriend I'm like is this you know when I see those pop up I'm like how about this and it's like it's spot, it is spot on. And it's, it's so nice just to, yeah.
1: Yeah. To have that. And this is the interesting thing about human design. Uh, we didn't actually talk, we haven't spoken about it, so maybe we should, but like, It's very hard to get people across the line when you explain it to them because of how human design was created. Um, But once you do, especially not to generalize, but especially men, once they can see themselves within their type and their profile, I I personally find they believe in it a lot more than they do when I try and get them on the astrology bandwagon. Um, So let's kind of talk about the setup of human design and why some people might be a bit turned off when they first hear it.
2: Yeah, every time this comes up, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, because both of you and I had that reaction, right? When we came across it. Basically, the understanding is that an American guy called, uh, not his real name, Ra-Uruhu, was in Ibiza in an extended kind of meditation. It's the Ibiza
1: bit gets (laughs) me every time. I'm
2: like, no. (laughs) The image in my head is not great when I think about it. Um, And he basically you know, channeled, downloaded, whatever you want to call it, the whole, the whole system, a voice spoke to him and this is how it went. And the guy himself is like almost any figure in, in like the spiritual world. Uh, I'm thinking of like the yoga community in particular, like any male figure who headed up many different um, disciplines or philosophies. He has, you know, an interesting uh, reputation. Yeah. But you know, all of that being said, um, when you can kind of get past that, and again, just even just even playing with those basic understandings of energy type, and maybe that's why often men or, or or let's say people who are just less open to less curious about spirituality might get more across it because you could just take the aura type, list out a few things, and you're like. There, and, you know, with astrology, you, maybe you have to dig a little bit more yeah. deeper and it's a little bit more subtle and esoteric, which is what's so like sexy about it. But human design can be almost quite mechanical. Mm. It's like, here's how your energy works. Here's how you best support yourself or here's the support you need from others. And it's kind of like, you know, mo- a lot of people be like, I really see myself in that. So many questions.
1: When, when, <laughs> when did he come up with this? Like, how old is this system? Yeah, late 80s. Yeah. Okay. So it's very like new. so new. It's I so love, new. I love the idea that it was channeled because um, I'm very open to that. I almost feel like I channeled make it happen. I read it and I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck right this. Um, <laughs> but I, I love the idea of it being channeled, but there's such precision to it that that just blows my bloody mind. And also I love, and, and maybe this is what people don't love about it, but I love how he's included pretty much every system we have in the world around energy, the chakras, the I Ching, astrology. Yeah.
2: Kabbalah. Yeah. 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 Like
1: it quantum physics. It's yeah. It's crazy. together and still it makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's something that my brain cannot uh, like understand how someone could really systemize that and have a like, it's just, it's crazy and it's kind of like i mean even just take the chakra system for example it's when you look at that if you're familiar with the chakra system you can see some similarities and you can also see some it's almost like um what's the word i'm looking for it it really is this this more new new age that's probably the wrong word but it's this new representation of the chakra system for the beings that we are at this time on the planet um so yeah it, it it's very fascinating even though the image of a, a guy meditating Ibiza is not
1: everyone's favorite thing to think about <laughs> oh my god I love it um I have a few projector questions sorry everyone who's not a projector but I just got to ask them why you're here I are all projectors introverts
2: great question I feel like I mean I want to say no, because there's absolutely going to be a projector out there who's like, I'm extroverted. Yeah. (laughs) But most projectors, if we think of introverts, like needing to recharge in their own, on their own, in their own space, then you would say, yes. Even if you're an extroverted introvert, yeah, pretty much you're an introvert because, and, and. The thing I just want to say that is that some projectors, it often tends to show up in men or even mental projectors sometimes, um, will almost be like, no, 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 I'm very extroverted. I don't like time on my own. Similar to that reflective thing of almost being in your own energy feels so quiet or so Mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything because you can almost get addicted to being in other people's energy. So sometimes you might feel like, oh, I don't like spending time on my own as a projector. I would just ask the question to yourself, like, but what happens if I try? Right, just, you know, because it it should be, it could be very, very healing.
1: Right. I um, have a, a new group of friends, not that I've gotten rid of my old friends, but I have <laughs> these new friends um, mm-hmm. and they're all quite corporate, which is strange for me, especially living in Byron Bay. But I managed to find yeah. them somehow. Um, and of the group, two of them are projectors, but they work in corporate environments and yeah. uh, they go, 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 go all the time. And I've tried to explain being a projector to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. But they still go on with their lives, right? What, ha- what happens to a projector that doesn't lean into their projector-ness?
2: Yeah, it's really interesting because, again, when we think of someone like a projector, it's actually... You know, many projectors will have an experience of burnout even when they're like younger, you know, which will basically stop them. But that's not happening to every projector. When we think about the potentiality of that energy type, because you're basically a projector is taking in in, uh, life force energy from the rest of the world. So Mm -hmm. you can work, projectors can work harder than anyone on the planet, really, Mm -hmm. because you can take in everyone's energy and run off that fuel human design system says though at a certain point that is going to create physical symptoms for someone which you know you don't that's just the human design thing and i mean we could argue that for almost anyone if we're really pushing it for a long time then we're going to have physical (laughs) symptoms at some point but that would be the human design thing like they're uh you know, their, their, their vessel, their vehicle will just not be able to keep going at some point. And then it becomes very difficult to come back. You know, maybe you have a burnout in your twenties or thirties. It takes you a little while to recover. Maybe if you get to your fifties or whatever, it's going to take a, you know, very
1: long time to come back from, from It's that. so true. I, mm-hmm. when I was working in magazines in my twenties, um, Mostly healthy environments. I would run off the energy of the office. I bloody loved it. I did crash yeah. at the end of every day, but I could rev myself up again. Probably also being in my early twenties, I had more energy. Then I worked in a very toxic environment. We both did at different times. <laughs> yeah, um, same environment, different times. Um, and that was yep. twenty nine. I was 29 then moving into, I was very much in my Saturn return Um, and I would take all the toxicity from the day, all the misery that every other staff member was feeling. And that's when I did actually have my physical burnout. And that's, it took me another four years to discover human design, but it's when I really started to notice that I wasn't set up like everyone else. I thought it was because I was a hypersensitive person and I was just like, taking on everybody's stuff, but it was more than that. It was all these open centers where I was just like absorbing and then going home and sleeping next to a toxic boyfriend as well. And like, you know,
2: can't catch a break and you have very, you have a very open chart. And that's the one thing I want to say on projectors too. If you're in a situation right now where you're in a busy corporate job, maybe it is not super healthy and even if your your boyfriend, or your partner is is a great, beautiful good person, yeah. good person whatever, uh sleeping in a different room. Mm. I know sometimes mm. that's very triggering to even think about because we have these beliefs that whatever that can be very because you're still taking in the energy when you're asleep next yeah. to them. Yeah.
1: Um, speaking of, we both have beautiful cats. Now yes. it's called human design. <laughs> can I give Poppy a uh energy type yes you can if you have her yeah yeah I think I actually have she's definitely not a projector (laughs) she does sleep on the bed with me though so am I absorbing Poppy's energy throughout the night
2: that's so interesting. I, I work with someone who is a projector who has an MG dog and okay. she swears that she takes on the sacral energy from her MG dog. Yeah. She she says, and she's actually got the same chart as you, just two senses defined, and she will swear by it. So that's very interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've got to do Poppy's <laughs> chart again. I think yeah. she's also an MG. What's Moo? <laughs> She's a manifesto. I'm surrounded by manifestors. Oh, my God, you really are. Yeah. I I've don't only, know what that is. I've only met two manifestors before. Dated one. My mum is one. And once I mm. learned she was one, it made so much sense, especially the um, two informs their strategies.
0: right?
1: Yeah. Yes. And... Because she's my mom and, like, it's a dynamic with mother and daughter sometimes. Like, you don't want to be told stuff. I'm, I am always, like, stop her and, like, tell her what I think. But I've stopped that now. I just let her mm. inform me. Even if she's wrong, I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I hope good. that's helping her function better as a manifester. Yeah, but she yeah. probably just
2: feels more seen by you too, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: So mm. interesting, though, what we attract, right? I mean, it's the same with star signs. Like, there's certain... Yes people in your life you'll be like oh i'm just surrounded by for me it's virgos and gemini risings everywhere Mm, yeah yeah. what's it for you
2: i have actually quite a few taurus risings which is really interesting um and it's almost like the more i uh i don't know had better like boundaries with friends or just met i found more and more virgos like more which is really really interesting Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Because they've I got would... boundaries as well. Mm, that's,
2: <laughs> yeah, <yep. it's> healthy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing I want to talk about before I let you go. I've spoken about it with you in different forms on different podcasts or I don't know where we spoke about it. I think it was in a course I ran and it's the mm. emotional and non-emotional parts of the human design chart, I found it absolutely fascinating. I still do to this day, especially when it comes to close relationships, whether they're business, personal or romantic, I'm sorry, platonic or romantic. Can we talk about the, either being an emotional or an open emotional? um, Yeah. Yeah. In your human design. I
2: find that so, that was, I forget sometimes now how impactful that was when I first really lent into that because I uh, had the feeling of my whole life of like I'm just so sensitive and I'm just yeah. so maybe like you know falling into that victim role like oh why is this you know mm, so hard or whatever <laughs> you know and I then have no I no idea what you're at. talking about what <laughs> don't relate at all yeah and then I realized like that 50% of the world, according to human design, are emotionally defined. So they basically, and it's so different for everyone, right? Like you might be hearing this and you might not relate to being um, a very up and down emotional person, even if you have that emotional center definition. In fact, often emotionally defined people cannot even relate to being very emotional at all um, mm-hmm. because they're creating their own, we call it an emotional wave, or just their own emotional frequency. Those of us who have the center um, undefined or white, that's how you can you can tell, um, we are taking in the emotional energy and frequency from the world around us. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really interesting distinction. Often the open emotional person can get Hold the emotional one. Um, it can get taught you're too sensitive, whatever the thing is. The defined emotional person, um, on, on one level, when you have a defined emotional center, you're actually not someone who's very good at making decisions in the moment because your knowing or your intuition or your, we call all your authority in human design is always impacted or influenced by where you are at in that emotional wave. So when you're having a great day, it's like, everything is great. And when you're having a not so great day, everything is terrible. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you can make decisions that you wish you didn't make, uh, when you really make them from that emotionally charged place. But something that really comes up with this in for, in any kind of relationship environment is often a defined emotional person. If they're in like a 5% bad mood and and we have a conversation with them and they might say something and we can feel that bad mood at like 50% we can often as the open emotional person, you're taking in the emotional energy from the person in front of you and you're kind of amplifying it and scrambling it. And so there's often this, I don't know if you've had this, but often it's just like, whoa, like, why did you have to hit me with those? Like, why are you being so rude? Or why does like, you want to hit me with? I didn't, I just asked you a question, like, you know, feel this emotional kind of, um, yeah, energy coming towards you where, and then that person is almost just like, what are you talking about? Right, right. I'm fine. What's wrong? And so it's really interesting because often emotional and undefined emotional people are kind of attracted toward one another. Not always, but there's this kind of, there can be this chemistry between the two of that opposites attract. And so it's really, I think, so important to understand that maybe your open emotional partner is feeling everything you're feeling at a heightened level, right? So just being aware of that. So if you're like in a little bit of a bad mood, it's almost helpful to say to your partner, like, you know what? I'm feeling kind of off. It's nothing to do with you. You haven't done anything wrong, but I'm just going to, whatever the thing is, because often the undefined emotional person will think it's my fault. I've done something wrong. I have to fix this. I have to make this person feel better. So then I feel better right and and so that can just create um not a great situation where the open emotional person is thinking always I've got to fix this or I did something wrong or something's bad or how and then, can
1: I how can I make this person feel better in this moment how can I make them happy because if they're happy then I'm happy unconsciously that's what's happening right exactly exactly
2: yeah. whereas we have to learn as the undefined emotional people that it's it's safe and it's okay for people to be in, like, to be in that low or to be a little bit emotional, to be a little bit moody, and we have to look after ourselves in that situation.
1: You I know? have like struggled uh, with that in relationship, especially, and and also yes. work, with work. Like, I remember bosses being really kind of focused and upset with something that was going on in the business that had nothing to do with me and me just taking it all on. Yeah. Um, But in relationship, yeah, I think especially, and the thing is that I've learned over the years is, well, actually since we originally had this chat is sometimes the emotional will be telling you they're fine and you're picking up that they're not and they're going, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But you're actually feeling the energy, not the words right? Exactly. And that can be really jarring and frustrating because you think you're going crazy. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's an interesting thing to learn. So what happens then with the emotional, how do they regulate their emotions?
2: Yeah. And so with the emotional, what comes up for them often is, is again, this kind of thing of what's wrong with me? Why can't I, and you know, we all have ups and downs. We all have hormonal cycles. We all have things going on in life, but the open emotional, when they're kind of energetically balanced or whatever the thing is, it takes hormones or something happening in the world or something happening in your life to, to feel that emotional frequency. Often where again, we're kind of responding to, to life, whereas an emotional being, everything can be excellent it can be objectively the sun is shining your relationship is great your work is great and you feel in a low you feel and for them it can be like what is wrong with me particularly if you're in the wellness or spiritual world and you know you're just like you think that everyone's happy all the time or whatever and it's you know it's kind of about letting yourself for, for emotional beings that emotionality is your part of your gift and you're someone who's meant to you know, um, I'm sure it's in the, in your astrological chart somewhere too. There's something in you that's here to kind of really traverse your own emotional highs and lows and to be someone who develops wisdom and knowing and intuition by letting yourself feel your feelings. And often for non-emotional beings, when we have, you know, when life is good and we're, we're balanced and all of that, we can process things a little bit more quickly you know something can happen, and yes, maybe the world feels like it's ending for a certain amount of time, but open emotional, again, when we're more balanced, we can kind of come through the other side, whereas for a defined emotional being, it might take longer. Might t- It's it's a really about being patient with your emotional state and watching your patterning, and it's so interesting to live with an emotional being and, and start, to, when you have an open emotional center, you can start to kind of even see their patterning maybe more easily than they can they're just like ah this this is a this is a site this is a thing and it's not about you have really bad depression and you're just like it's my human design emotional you know you seek help and and that can be part of your toolbox for feeling your feelings but it's important not to for anyone but particularly for emotionals not to kind of ghost your emotional state or your feelings or be afraid of your kind of heaviness it's part of how you grow um so yeah that that's really big and it can come down to communicating with the people that you work with or who work for you or who are in a relationship with you to just be like everything's fine but I don't feel you know I'm not feeling great so I'm just gonna and for some people it's like having a creative outlet right I was gonna say moving that energy yeah exactly and not just numbing it out but actually and this is where I think we get the best um music and art and things like that from these emotional yeah from people going into their emotionality and creating something with it rather than hiding
1: from it totally we have the same stuff show up in astrology and this is where I just my my Virgo moon is like I need to work this out. out people with a lot of Pisces placements or people who have like uh Pluto Um, in hard aspects to their moon, something that's bringing intensity with emotion to their life, right? It's like you were born with this. This is innately part of who you are. So we're not trying to mask the emotions. We're not trying to ignore them. We're not going to pretend they're not there, but how can we channel them into something? How can we take that intensity and put it into a creative pursuit? Or if it's a fire sign, maybe something action-based like movement, But there's Mm -hmm. ways to move that energy around because those feelings are just energy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. So good. Absolutely fascinating. Emmy, thank you so much for joining me for the third time. Um, (laughs) But a lengthy time today. I really appreciate it. Is there anything um, that you would like to talk about before this ends around astrology and human design, perhaps something that's come up with you with clients? I'm trying to think. Or that you've noticed within your own chart?
2: The one thing that does come up with clients, because a lot of people I will read for or meet are also into astrology. And and what comes up time and time again is oh, that's what, such and such said in my astrology reading that's right. what that happens all the time and so sometimes and again like your Virgo moon is like let's figure out how it like all comes together and, and I'm just like doesn't that mean it's all true it's all real
1: <laughs> it's so true though I yeah I, I also get that a lot Um, I think we also have quite a few clients that are the same but they'll always say oh yeah like... and you told me that in yeah. my in my, um, or, or we're talking about career stuff and it's come up in your soft business sessions with them, mm. which is so affirming to me, but also to you, I imagine, but more yes. so, more importantly, to the client.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. way more importantly. <laughs> but yeah, it's always beautiful to hear that because then I'm like this, you know, part of me is still that academically minded person, which I know you are too. Yeah. And part of me is just like, no, yeah, you're right. This is real. This is like, it. this does- right makes sense because if someone if you're saying something about someone you know we're saying the same thing about people we've never met before based on these charts it's like there's truth there because isn't it's, it's it, a different language
1: yeah totally. isn't it funny though I'm sure it's the same for you like you've done hundreds of readings and every time someone goes that is so true or I am so like that I still get yeah. like goosebumps because I'm like Oh, really? Like, even though I know it is because I know the accuracy of this stuff, it, there's still this excitement and level of validation, yeah. you know, as the facilitator. It's so totally. interesting. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. If people want to learn more about you and your offerings and the work you do in the world, where can they go?
2: My Instagram is at the daily rest. Um and my website is emirae dot com where you can find the studio and the readings and all that kind of stuff.
1: Beautiful. Highly recommend the soft business sessions. Are you still doing those?
2: I've just put everything now under kind of one session. It's just okay. a session and then we can come in, we can do a human design reading, we can talk about the business, whatever you want to dive into from
1: that lens of the human design chart. Yeah, Beautiful, beautiful. Highly recommend. Um, and again, the Daily Rest Studio, if you need, and we all do, not just projectors and reflectors and manifestors, everyone needs to rest. Um, and scheduling it in was Mm -hmm. life-changing for me. And also, which Emmy didn't talk about earlier, but she does a monthly human design circle where all the types come together and we talk about, well, whatever the theme is for the month, really. Yeah, yeah. It kind of just happened organically. And it's.
2: I feel like it's fun, again, as those, like you were saying on Instagram, those reminders, that's what it's real. Those circles, I think, are really good for, like, okay, this is really true for me. You know, other people are living like this too. I'm not the only one who's, you know, X, Y, Z. So I think they're they're good for that sense of like feeling uh, connected with other people who are doing things a little bit differently in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the, the last thing I want to say is, I don't know whether you know this, Emmy. I don't know if I've told you, but I've, I've closed down the Lunar Lover membership. We're in our last okay. month. Um, so for Lunar Lover members who were listening, uh, so who were members um, and doing the full moon and the new moon yoga classes, Emmy does them over on the daily rest. That's where I do them because it's just better for me to do it outside of my own membership. But there's yeah. a beautiful full moon rest yoga class and then the new moon breathwork classes that Emmy does every new moon. So a really nice way to keep connecting with the lunar cycle. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks so much for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me. So much fun. We
0: could talk forever. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh